What's up, y'all? This is John and Sean back for another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. And as we always do in our late week episode, we're going to go over the biggest games for week seven. Sadly, we are at the just over halfway point in the college football season, at least regular season. So, you know, the entire season for most fans of uh, of teams that we hate, a.k.a. Georgia Tech, probably Florida, um, definitely South Carolina, Auburn too. Yeah, we'll go ahead and throw them in there. They're probably not making a bowl. But unlike normal, we do not have a guest for the Vanderbilt show this week. But honestly, with how awful Vanderbilt's been in conference play, Outside of that first quarter against Ole Miss, you can't take that away from them. Um, do we really need an in-depth breakdown of the Vanderbilt? I mean, hold on now. You're talking about the team that led the SEC for a couple weeks this year. Yeah, because they started play first. I, look, I didn't say why. I just said the facts. Hey, A.J. Swan, AJ Swan looks competent against a bad to mediocre defense. And I, <laughs> I can tell you this. The guy they started at quarterback early in the year. Right. 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 If he wanted to transfer to Georgia next season as a wide receiver, I would personally roll out the red carpet for him because that kid is an athlete. He's a stud. But Vanderbilt's just just not not very good, if we're being honest. Like, I, I was a little bit more concerned about Kent State than I was Vanderbilt. And, uh, I just knocked on wood so that don't bite me in the ass here. But I just I figured we could go in more in depth to some of these games and give you guys a little bit more entertainment than talking about Vanderbilt for super long. So you still got that Coke Zero? Yes, sir. And I am still drinking Georgia's finest whiskey made in the state. ASW, even hell, on the bottle over here, if you can see it it says nothing finer on the label and that wasn't even planned love it so um just shout out to them i know i know we've talked about it before pretty much their entire front office is georgia grads georgia alums georgia fans all good people if you haven't go get some asw they make gin and vodka too so if you don't like drinking whiskey they've got something for you but we're going to get started. If you're a lady if, out there and need something other than whiskey. Hey, I've got friends who their girlfriend drinks more whiskey than the boyfriend. So. I'm going to keep it HR friendly. <laughs> we're going to start off. It seems like we always have over these last few weeks with just the quality of games. We're starting off in the Big 12. Um We've got number 19, Kansas, who did not drop after getting beat by TCU. Um, I think this is a very interesting spread for how the last few weeks have played out. But Oklahoma is a nine-point home favorite over under is 62 and a half. But the good news for all the Sooner fans out there, and we've actually got a couple in the group that listen to the show, Dylan Gabriel is back after his concussion. Um and that's really the only heartbeat they've had on offense this season was Dylan Gabriel. It seems like they definitely have to go into the transfer portal after this season to find someone to back him up if he decides to go pro. 
TCU put up over 300 yards passing, 144 yards on the ground against Kansas in their first loss of the season last week. And Oklahoma needs a get-right game very badly if they want to even have a shot to play for the Big 12 championship. I can see Brent Venables and Jeff Levy going all out trying to score as many points as humanly possible on this one with Gabriel back. I I don't – I'm not not super confident on this just because of the way they played the last few weeks. But I'm going to go ahead and take OU to win and cover. What about you? Yeah, so I think it's worth pointing for anybody that you know that's kind of forgotten. You know, Kansas' win total for the year was two, so they could lose every other game they have this season and still be in in a good position as as far as you know the team goes. You know, with, with that being said, I I had TCU beating them last week. Um, I like the Kansas team. I think they're doing a lot of things right. You kind of mentioned it there. Oklahoma's getting Dylan Gabriel back. Um, and at the same time, going off the news that I know of right now, Jalen Daniels is likely going to be out for the Jayhawks. And, you know, so I, I've, I, I think I'm definitely going to, you know, go with Oklahoma for the win here. I think it means more to them at this point with the last few weeks they've had. They're going to have some some motivated players. I'm not sure what a home game in Kansas really does for them. Um, yeah, I know it's not like an SEC home game, so I don't think you're going to have a full three point swing there. I'm going to pick Oklahoma to win. And uh, what was the what was the spread on this one? Over under sixty two and a half, and the spread is Oklahoma by nine. I definitely pick Oklahoma to win. Um, I'm just going to do a win outright on this one. Okay. I If Daniels is out for Kansas, I feel much better about that nine-point spread. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I Oklahoma money line to me is a play on this one because I do not – nine points just seems like a lot for how Oklahoma – I mean, Oklahoma got shut out by Texas for the first time in school history last week. Yeah. So, I I think that's going to be some extra fire coming out for them. But a lot of times we see these teams come out with some extra fire under them, and they end up making some mistakes early. So we'll just have to see how that goes. Well, I think that line has didn't they open at a seven point favorite? And now it's actually pushed up to nine. I believe so. Yeah, that's probably you know an indication that Jalen may not play. Right. Now we're going to move over to the Littleton for number 10 Penn State at number five Michigan. Michigan is a seven-point home favorite in the big house, over under at 52. Um, the first few weeks, Michigan was looking like they were going to challenge Ohio State for the playoff spot, um, but they have definitely come down to earth over these last three games, going one and two against the spread, and they gave up more points to Iowa than Rutgers did. Or not Rutgers, Illinois. Which is not a not a good look for that supposedly good defense. Um Penn State, on the other hand, has outperformed preseason expectations, going from unranked to top ten with five games. Penn State also had their bye last week, giving them an entire extra seven days to prepare for Michigan. 
Um, both of these teams are actually top 15 in scoring defense. Michigan is seventh in scoring offense, and Penn State is 37th in scoring offense. I think the battles in this game are strength on strength, which are going to favor Michigan, um, just based on Penn State's rushing attack against Michigan's rush defense. This is this is the game for Sean Clifford to make or break his draft stock to me. If he can pass the ball, I can see Penn State coming out and winning this game because I just think they're athletic enough off the board to make a difference. I I think that's too much of an ask though, but and Michigan's gonna win and cover the seven. What about you? 100 percent So, you know, one of Penn State's strengths coming in this game is their run defense. That's what happens when you don't play anybody who can run the ball. I mean, Auburn has some good backs, but their offense is just broken. Um, Ohio just – Hey, their offensive – hey, their offensive line said that they were going to come in and shut Georgia down like a SWAT team. No, wasn't the words uh, demolish them? Uh-huh. Yeah. Or choice mean, from a fourth-string center. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to talk when you're on the bench. Yeah, then no, you he's got, starting now because of all the injuries is the problem. <laughs> then you got, I mean, Ohio, who just does nothing but throw the ball. You know, Purdue, who I don't even know if they have a ground game. So, I mean, yeah, Penn State has talent up front, but I don't think it has, has really dealt with anybody who's just going to play old school, shove it down your throat and run the ball right at you. Um, I think at Michigan, um, I just think Michigan wins big here, covers the seven. I do think I, – I, I think it's going to be under, but I think Michigan still covers. I just think it's not a very good performance by Penn State. Here's a fun fact for you. Penn State is only 34% on third down conversions for the year. That's awful. That's awful. I mean, it's, it's absolutely awful. So, you know, I, I just don't see any scenario, you know, barring injury or anything like that where Penn State can, can compete for four quarters. Um, you know – the Michigan, I always get them confused because there's McCarthy and Mac, McNamara or whatever. But McCarthy. Um, he's been starting, yeah. Yeah, he's hitting 76% of his throws over the last two games. You put that together with a run game, I just I just don't see Penn State being able to hold up through four quarters. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I just personally on my gambling, I got burnt by Michigan a few weeks back when Jim Harbaugh has never beat Maryland by less than 20, and he barely beat him a few weeks ago when I put money on that spread. So I'm a little – I'm not putting money on this one just because he pissed me off. <laughs> so we're going to go back over to the Big 12, talk about number eight, Oklahoma State, at number 13, TCU, the Horny Lizards are a four-point home favorite against the Cowboys. The over-under 68-and-a-half. If you want offense, 3.30 is your time slot. Multiple TVs or games recorded or something. But um, between this and the next game we're going to talk about, 3.30, you want to have eyes on multiple games. I'm personally a big fan of Oklahoma State's quarterback, Spencer Sanders, through five games for the Cowboys this season, and uh, I still I still think they win the Big 12. I just don't think anybody else is coming close to what they've been able to do. I do think this is a 
very, 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 very tall task for this Oklahoma State team. TCU is averaging 530 yards of offense on the season, and Oklahoma State's allowing 422 average per game. Um, I think this definitely has game of the year candidate written all over it with the amount of offense that we're going to see. But I'm sticking with the only orange-wearing team that I can stand to look at, my Big 12 winners, Oklahoma State to win outright, upset. What about you? I'm with you. Um, I've got, you know, the the Cowboys winning this one. Um, you said TCU is a four-point favorite. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. – I definitely take them to, to, to get the over um, on – because – you know, the just all these teams do is, is is score points. I'm not sure if they know what defense is, um, and neither one of the squads have a very good good defense. I just uh, it's just a gut feeling on this one. I'm going with with Oklahoma State. Um, they're not giving up, but about 25 points a game, um, and they're scoring over 45 points a game. And I think Spencer Sanders is is really going to be the the decision maker in this one. He's going to be um, you know, what what puts Oklahoma State over the top. So I'm going Oklahoma State to win uh, outright and uh, uh, definitely go over on this one. Oh, yeah. I, I could see both teams hitting 40 points in this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking somewhere around like 47 to 42, 47 to 45, somewhere in there. Yeah. I, I this This is definitely a game that I will be recording for this week because – this is the game I'm going to be watching. We've got number three, Alabama. Yes, Alabama dropped to third after barely beating an unranked Texas A&M. That put your Georgia Bulldogs back on top at number one. But Alabama is at number six, Tennessee. Alabama is a seven-and-a-half-point road favorite in Neyland Stadium, over-under at 65. Fun facts here to start this game. This is only the second time this century that both of these teams are ranked in the top 10 when they play each other. The first was when Bama beat Tennessee 49 to 10 in 2016. I think the only way that I'm going to be happy with the outcome of this game is if the earth just opens up and swallows both teams and then closes back. Um, But this game boils down to Bryce Young's health. If he does play, how healthy is he? We continue to see that Jalen Milrow is not is not ready to take over this game, take over this team, at least on offense, or at least in the passing game, I mean. Um, we talked about it in our last episode. He had 111 passing yards, one interception, two fumbles. He He's just not the answer. Um, and Tennessee's got a good run defense. So if Milrow plays, Tennessee has a shot. And I said that last week against A&M, and A&M had a shot. They And they took that shot and put it right in their own damn foot, but they had a shot. Um, several shots. <laughs> several shots. And they all just went into their own foot. <laughs> um. If Bryce Young doesn't play, it's Tennessee's game to lose. And I I mean that wholeheartedly. I'm not just saying that. 
But if Bryce Young, I think Bryce Young could be at 60, 70%, and Bama still wins this game. I think if Bryce Young's at 100%, they cover the spread on this game. But the issue with that cover is they haven't covered against any team with a heartbeat. And I mean, they didn't cover against A&M. They didn't cover against Texas. I don't think they covered against Arkansas, but I don't remember exactly what that spread was. I think they did against Arkansas. Okay. Um, but two best the two best offenses they've played so far this year, which isn't saying a whole lot, they didn't cover against. But if Bryce Young's healthy, they win. Either way, take the over. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a thousand, I'll say this right now. If Bryce Young doesn't play, Tennessee wins this game. Because they, they have a good rush defense. Um, and on top of that, they lead the SEC in quarterback pressures. So you've got a younger quarterback out there that likes to look at one route or one option and take off running, and they're going to be able to get to him and pressure him. If Bryce does play, which that's still a big if to me. I mean, you got to look at it from a, a couple angles. I mean, we're obviously looking at it from the college football, you know, you know, all we care about is the next Saturday up, but the young man's also got a pro future. Does he want to hurt right. himself even more? You know, what, what does it look like to him? So I'm sure the, the coaching staff and everything will make the best decision for him there. But if Bryce does play, how close to 100% is he? And if he's having to have some type of, of pain management, something to help him out with that, what does that look like for his timing? What does that look like for you know, his motion? You know, a small change in the motion of his arm for a little bit of pain can be the difference in a, you know, completion, you know, or, or hitting somebody, you know, too low. What if he get if he does play? What if he gets hit? You know, what if he takes one good hit and now tennis or Florida? Excuse me, I can speak English. Uh, now Alabama <laughs> has to shift their entire game plan because they have to change quarterbacks. Um, I, I really, I really because of the fire and the desire and how how ready I feel like this uh, this Tennessee team is. I really want to pick them out right. And I will say this: if Bryce doesn't play, I'll say it again, Tennessee wins this game. And I would not want to be anywhere within a 100-mile radius of Knoxville, Tennessee, when that happens. Um, oh, no. I do think that Bryce Young is going to play, and I think Bama's going to do Bama things, and, and Bama wins the game. Definitely going to be over the point total. Um, and I think in last couple drive fashion, Bama covers – uh, completely and wins the game if, if Bryce is, is playing. So a couple quotes for you about Bryce Young's health that I just pulled up. Nick Saban said, hopefully we're going to try and get him ready to play this week, but this is something nobody can predict how quickly this is going to give him an opportunity to be able to go out and do what he needs to do. We'll see as the week progresses. I don't have an update much more than that. Yeah, and you you, you and know then, you know Saban's not going to tell you one way or another because he wants you to have to prepare for everything. But right, even if Bryce, let's say by Thursday he's feeling one hundred percent ready to go, that's a day of practice. So in right. that case, do you take a one day practice? You know, recovering from an injury, quarterback, or do you go with the guy that's won you the last two games? So something else that's interesting is he had an AC sprain, which I know Wes and I have talked about this before because I I have trashed my AC joint on the left side. And um, 
like there there's days where I'm good. I can go put up 285 on bench press like nobody's business. And there's days like today. Wait, wait are you where, talking about 285 pounds? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, you're going to have to prove that one to me one day. Oh, I got you. <laughs> I got you. And then there's days that, um, like today, I had to pick up a ladder a bunch of times. And my left shoulder right now, I don't, I don't know if I can pick up my computer right now. This is the same injury that took Quinn Ewers out for four weeks. And Bryce Young's trying to come back two weeks later. And then Greg McElroy, who everybody knows, he's got he's got his ear to the ground of the Alabama program. He says, I feel very confident he will play this week. It's a pain management situation. And I'm optimistic that last week's situation was more precautionary than anything else. I'd be highly surprised if he wasn't available this week. The question is, how much is he going to be able to do? Because that was his throwing shoulder that he messed up. I I still stand by everything we said. A 60% Bryce Young wins this game and covers. Jalen Milrow, this is Tennessee's game to lose. 100%. So the last game of our preview this week is the Vanderbilt Commodores at number one. Your Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia is a 38-point home favorite with the over-under at 58 and a half. couple stats here about Vanderbilt's defense, since we all seem so concerned about Georgia's offense. Vanderbilt is 130th in pass defense and 89th in rush defense. To me, this game comes down to how much and how fast Georgia wants to score. This is this is the perfect time for this game to come up in the schedule. It's right before the bye week. Vanderbilt's defense, worse than Swiss cheese. It's like if you just took the outline of the holes on a piece of Swiss cheese and strung that together. It's, it's awful. With the number of injuries to major players on this team, I think Kirby tries to go up. I would not be surprised to see... 35 points before halftime, bring starters in for one more drive in the second half and get them out of there. Just trying to get everybody healthy as much rest as possible. Um, I'm going to throw a fun over-under in here. Um, combined pass attempts from Carson Beck and Brock Vandegrift at eight. That ties the season high, which was at South Carolina. Beck had seven pass attempts. Vandegrift had one. You're taking the over or the under on that? Over all day long. I agree. I almost put it at 10, and then I was like, ah, that's a little bit too high for how bad the rush defense is. But, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm taking the over, 100%. I, I, don't, I don't see how you don't. But I'm going to take the dogs to win and cover on this 38 points. I think this is going to be one of those – this is going to be just a transactional game for Kirby. He comes in, he puts up a ton of points. They go to the locker room as healthy as they can be. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think if what we believe is true and that you know we've got some more health on our in our receiving core and in other places, but we're we're kind of uh, you know saving them so to speak for the second half of the schedule and keeping healthy and things like that. I think I, I could be wrong, and you could be like, "No, nah, dude, that guy redshirted." 
but I think there's a actual decent chance we may see Gunnar Stockton hand the ball off a couple times. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I, again, I'm with you. I don't think Bandy's got anything for us. I think we get our backs in there, get Stetson's and throws. I'll be honest, I don't even know if Stetson comes out in the second half of this game. Um, I got Georgia to win big, Georgia to cover. We're finally starting to uh, you know get our feet back under us since the start of the season. And something Stet said on the interview um, after the game last weekend and what he thought the biggest difference from first half to second half is, you know, they went back to the basics and started having fun. And when they started going out there and having fun, the results came. If they carry that into Vanderbilt this week, it's going to be at, at Vanderbilt's expense. So, yeah, Georgia wins, wins big and covers, and I'll take the over on this one as well. I think that just with how bad this Vanderbilt defense is in general, I think it's possible that Georgia hits the over by themselves. Oh, yeah. They put up – They didn't they put up 63 points last year? I'd have to go back and look, but I know it was nasty. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly – I'll be shocked if Vandy – I'll give them one runaway and maybe say seven points, but I'll be shocked if if, if they do anything. And I don't think any of that comes against our first-string defense. Yeah, Georgia won this game last year at Vanderbilt, which is just a Georgia home game in Nashville. Yeah, it's Athens North. Athens North, baby. Georgia won this game last year 62-0 to with less to prove. So – and Vanderbilt, I think their defense was actually statistically a little bit better last year. So I it's entirely possible that Georgia covers the over by themselves. I agree with you 100% that um, I would love to see – you know what? I'd love to see a couple passes from Gunnar Stockton. Wouldn't it be just, cool? Just for shits and giggles. Just, just see him spin it a few times, watch him get his legs out. I will say this, you know, though. Got- I think I think if Gunner does play, I think it's kind of old school. I, I don't think he – I don't think the ball goes in the air at all. I Yeah. It would be cool. I think cool. Kirby's got too much respect for other coaches for that, but I would love to see it. Oh, for sure. I had a thought and I lost it. It doesn't get better the older you get, sir. <laughs> oh. I tell people all the time, I was like, it was really concussion number six that did it. <laughs> um, if I think about it, I'll post it on Facebook or something because I cannot remember what I was thinking about for the life of me. But do you have anything else you want to talk about for week seven? Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, I'm excited to to see the games. Um, I'm with you. That 330 time slot is going to be nothing but offense. I don't even think the defense is getting off the bus. Um, but no, that's all I got there for the recap for this week or the, uh, the look ahead for this week. So back to you. Speaking of the 3.30 time slot, I know we're going to that concert on Saturday. We're probably going to go to a bar in Richmond Hill and watch as much of the 3.30 games as we can if you want to meet us there. Heck yeah. We'll talk about it offline. All right. So to close it up for this week seven preview – um, I will let you know when Wes will be back, guys. Um, but we definitely want to thank Sean for coming on. It was extremely short notice today. Um, but as always, Sean's the man. He's got us when we need him. 
Follow our Instagram at nothing.finer.pod, our Twitter at at finerpod. Join the Facebook group by searching Nothing Finer Podcast on Facebook. Rate and review the show. Send me a screenshot. I'll send you a sticker. We'll send a handwritten note with it. I I can't promise you can read it, especially depends on how long of a day I had at work that day. Now, you didn't uh, say who handwrote the note. No, I'll I'll do it. I it it might look worse than a toddler's, depending on how long the day was, but I will write it. Make sure you hang it on your fridge. <laughs> and if you want to take part in our ASW giveaway that went up on our Instagram last week, go over to Instagram, follow the the instructions in the post. We're going to post another one this week, probably Thursday or Friday. Um, but as part of the giveaway, we have an a, a bottle of ASW Fiddler. That's what I've been drinking the past couple of weeks. It is great stuff. I'm about out. I'll probably have to go get some here in the next couple of days. Um, we've got a ASW Fiddler t-shirt and an ASW hat, along with one of our stickers, one of our koozies in that t-shirt that y'all have to go check out. Um, we got a lot of cool stuff in that t-shirt, so get on the Facebook pet. Facebook page, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. And uh, always remember, guys, there is nothing finer in the land than a drunk, obnoxious Georgia fan. Go dogs! Go dogs! Biggest third down in Bryce Young's career. You need 10. Play clock at four. From the pocket. Launching downfield, underthrown and intercepted. Keely Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. All the way to the end zone. And Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide.